Wait, everybody talking to your mics real quick. Hello, speaking with my voice. <laughs> Good job. Today on Alphabetical, being for the benefit of Mr. Kite. Welcome back to Alphabetical. It's our podcast where we cover the Beatles catalog in its entirety, alphabetically from 12 to Y. I'm Pete the Retailer. I'm Al Adam. I'm Alex Robinson. And I'm Joe Dater, and I'm here as a session player today. That's right. Filling in, this is Joe Dater. Welcome. He's with I'm, us all I'm week. I'm the Billy Preston yeah. of the show. <laughs> nice. Well, 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 thank you. Thank you for inviting me. I didn't realize I was, I was a huge Beatles fan until you reminded me that I was when you asked me to be on the show. And then I realized, of course I am, because... Sure. Mostly by virtue of the fact that I'm old, <laughs> and so I'm I'm grandfathered in literally to any discussion of the Beatles. I was I was born when the Beatles were still together, but had not yet recorded Sergeant Pepper. You had not is, yet recorded Sergeant Pepper. When none of us had. Right. Ah, and they it's beat a different me to time. it. Yeah. They they beat me to it because I was only two years old. Oh. So. All right. Well, speaking of Sergeant Pepper, today we're talking about being for the benefit of Mr. Kite from Sergeant Pepper. That. Coincidence. Well, way, to, way to reel it in there. For wow. the benefit of Mr. Kite. Yes. Uh, 1967, Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Now this, in its entirety, apparently, comes from a, a 19th century circus poster that John Lennon found uh, while antiquing. Because that's what people do. Yeah. When you're a beetle and you've got you know, more money than you know what to do with, you just go antiquing. Well, you know, more specifically, apparently they were um, filming the uh, videos. They wouldn't. They weren't called videos then, but the promotional films for Penny Lane and Strawberry Fields. And while they were killing time, they walked around, and John Lennon saw the circus poster and said, "That looks like a good thing to buy." It's an old songwriter's technique. Goes back to Tin Pan Alley. Hmm. Buying old circus posters. Antiquing. And <laughs> That's what they used to do back in the old days. <laughs> and you just read. Yeah, yeah, I can't wait for, you know, in the future, far in the future, we'll have these guys who are just reading, you know, like, there'll be a, a yeah, fantastic song about John, how, John's, you know, John's Yola love Tango of sold the, out at Webster Hall. John's love of the old, the British music hall tradition. Right. Well, yeah, that's uh, in my notes. I, I in my research, I, you know, like you said, these are all real things. And Pablo Fanky was a real guy and a very famous circus person at that time. It's weird to imagine like a hundred years from now. The poster was from 1843. The show that was supposed to be was February 14th, 1843. So you can put that in your calendar. Happy Valentine's Day at Bishop's Gate. At Bishop's Gate, were there uh, really things like that at Bishop's Gate? That was, I don't know. You, yeah. you, you seem skeptical. Like John I am skeptical. I'm, I'm questioning drug-addled circus. I'm, just, song. I'm listening to the song. I'm on the way here. I listen to the song over and over again in my in my uh, headphones like five or six times. Mm-hmm. And weirdly, I now have that song in my head. Hmm. No, at least until at least until the next episode. It's now, right. yeah, it's now an earworm. We'll see what happens Wednesday. It's, it's better than a taste of honey. So. Hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, apparently the only thing that was not true to the poster was the horse's name was not Henry. It was heroin. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> of course. <laughs> it was smack. Um, yeah, that, that, I think Henry the Horse is probably the first of many things that people say, oh, yeah, that's about heroin. That's a reference for heroin. Henry the Horse is one of the parts of the song that I always thought was wrong. When I first heard the song when I was a little kid, I heard the lyric wrong. Mm. And I thought he was saying, of course, Henry the Horse dances the worst. <laughs> I didn't oh, hear the waltz, and I thought, he's a I horse. thought that was the whole, right, exactly. Yeah. I thought that was the whole <laughs> act. We're going to bring out this horse, 
and we're going to make him do something horses don't do, and then we're going to laugh because he can't do it well. <laughs> we're going to look how funny it is that this horse, which is never meant to dance, <laughs> can't dance very well. And I think the fact that he could dance at all is amazing if he's a horse, right? But these people, I guess, in, back when this was recorded, had higher standards. <laughs> right. more. But I, you know, I, I grew up in uh, the 70s, and we, I, I remember the diving horse from Atlantic City. Oh, which yeah. is a thing they abolished, thank rightfully, sometime in the 1970s. But I remember seeing they would have a horse jump off a diving board into a pool. So right. I was accustomed to animal ridicule. And then everyone would laugh at it. Because the horse was the worst diver. Yeah. It was a terrible <laughs> diver, and everybody would laugh. Like, Any oh, dive you can trot away from is Please, a good one. Please, <laughs> my kid could dive better than that yeah. horse. And <laughs> look that look at that splash. I, I literally thought that that was what was going on there with Henry the horse. <laughs> and thankfully... Um, so, um, what's the, uh, I didn't have it written down. What's the original horse's name? It's like Zephyr, Zaphod. Yeah, it's something, something like that. Uh, something with a Z. Yeah. So it was a non-alliterating name, obviously changed right. as a little songwriting trope there. It sounded um, better. So, uh, sorry, I just, I was reading that John Lennon had a great quote about this song. I, I saw one, uh, let me see if this is the one that you were talking about, uh, where he said he wasn't proud of that and it was, he was just going through the motions. <laughs> Um, mine's a little bit more. People want to know what the inner meaning of Mr. Kite was. There wasn't any. I'm not going to do the, I should do the accent. I just did it. I shoved a lot of words together, then shoved some noise on. I just did it. I didn't dig that song when I wrote it. I didn't believe in it when I was doing it. But nobody will believe it. They don't want to. It's a bit Paul. (laughs) They want it to be important. That's that's my Paul. (laughs) So John Lennon seemed to think, just pitch it down a little little angrier. (laughs) Uh, yeah, so John Lennon apparently... Um, but then later on, uh-huh. he said it was pure, like a painting, like a pure watercolor. Yeah. Which I, don't, I, I would never say, oh, it's pure like a watercolor. That doesn't... you know. But also, I'm not John Lennon, so... Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and you don't appreciate say, a good watercolor. No. It was the sort of thing he would say about his own song. Yeah. <laughs> it was pure like a watercolor yeah. painted by a horse. That we can all laugh at because he's such a bad such painter. A bad painter. Of course, Henry the horse paints the worst watercolors. <laughs> that was part of the poster. You see him at the flea market yeah. every week, yeah. and it's just like, that's terrible, Henry. What are you doing? He just keeps trying all these hobbies that he's terrible yeah. at. I feel, like this, I feel like this song has a lot to answer to because of the movie Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, mm. which... Oh, that's it's, right. That's who does that. Not only is it well, George Burns sings it in the movie. Oh boy, yeah. <laughs> okay, and also the <laughs> book too. The lyrics became the basis for a lot of the things in the movie. Mm. So um, this is where the plot of Sergeant Pepper. Yeah, they comes had to from. figure. Oh, they had to retrofit somehow uh, this uh, storyline to all of these Beatles lyrics, and so they used this for some of it. Uh, George Burns's character is Mister Kite in the movie and he's this sort of magical guy because he's George Burns and I think the Bee Gees were changed to the Hendersons they were the right. Hendersons yeah. in that film and they found a Bigfoot and the, sc- oh, the scene where this song takes place of course everything in that movie is so awful it's, if, you could, if you never saw that movie imagine the 60s personified a sweet a sweet tie-dyed flower child <laughs> singing merrily in a grassy field, and along comes the 70s, a polyester-clad, coked-up sleazeball, and viciously assaults the sweet, sweet little 60s. That's this movie. 
<laughs> that sounds about right. Yeah, that's what this movie is. The 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 horrible horrible 70s right. defiling right. the 60s. And yeah, we should point out that you were reading that from the back of the DVD case. That's what it, that's what it yeah. actually yeah. says. That's, that was on the poster, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Directed by Henry the Horse. <laughs> oh, he's the worst. His worst feature. And this this particular scene features maybe well, it's hard to decide what the most heinous thing in this movie is. Um, but it's possibly the fact that Henry the Horse is represented by a pantomime horse on mm. roller skates. Oh. Yeah, and like everything else in the movie, it's very much affected by the fact that they couldn't afford what they really wanted, which was a horse. <laughs> they couldn't get a horse that could actually roller skate. Right. No, they got a guy <laughs> in a horse costume. Right. And it wasn't revealed everything like they in this movie is wrong. Well, they got a few good horses, but they could dance, and they were like, sorry, you're, yeah. you're overqualified. <laughs> no one's right. going to You can't it. play yeah. Henry. How can you right. understand, get into the mindset of a terrible dancing horse? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> so... Um, being being the youngin again of the group, uh, this song falls into uh, the anthology being my first main exposure to it. Like I had heard it a few places, but mm-hmm. with the anthology, it was kind of like on on loop. So I always imagine hearing John say, "For the benefit of Mister Kite," in that weird accent before I hear this song. Hmm. Always, and so it's like weird. Like when I hear the song, it takes me a second to go, "Oh, this is this is that song," because I need to have that. <laughs> Because it wasn't First. introduced properly. Yes, exactly. Right. Huh. <laughs> let's let's go through this this show though. This our, show, our show. No, <laughs> this this oh. this what's being presented at this poster. I was listening oh. to it, and thinking. <laughs> okay, it starts at ten to six. Okay, doesn't it? Right. Yeah, five fifty p.m. I guess they're not going to ask people to get up in five oh, in no. the morning. Well, it says, I hope not. Yeah. Well, it's it's Saturday. Mm-hmm. So it starts at 5.50 p.m. First up, Mr. K performs some kind of a feat vaguely defined to be determined. It just mm-hmm. says feat. That's all we know. What's well, the opener. Um, you can be a little vague on that. And at the same time, Mr. H will demonstrate 10 somersets. Somersaults? Or somersets? It says somersets, but it's... Yeah. Is that the same thing as somersaults? I, that sounds like olden okay. times yeah. talk. Yeah, for, that's I like imagine. 19th century British yeah. for a right. somersault. Also, at the same time, the band begins and Mr. K performs his tricks. It says without a sound, although the band is playing, presumably. Well, you also have to put this in the context of time. That guy was famous for being a really bad singer, so they're like, they're saying the band is going to play, and this guy is not going to sing, we promise. (laughs) After that last time, trust me, not a sound. Not a peep. And that's that's at 10 to 6. It doesn't even, like the show has not even started yet, probably. That's all going on at the same time. Uh, Then the Hendersons dance and sing while Mr. Kite flies through the ring. Again, those two things at the same time. Simultaneous. Hell of a show. It is a hell of a show, and it's barely begun. (laughs) Uh, At this point, Mr. K and H come out and assure the public that their production will be second to none. So I think at this point, you want to keep the audience interested. Right. They've already knocked your socks off with the fantastic opening, and then they're like... I think it's more that they're worried. They want to come out and say, oh, please don't leave. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We got a horse that can dance. Some assurance. (laughs) And then Henry the horse is up, and then the show is over. There's nothing <laughs> chronologically <laughs> after that. It's like they get everything going, and then they're like, "Are you sure you yeah. like what you're about to see? Is fantastic." And then there's Henry who can't really dance well, and that's, that's parts, the show's over. Parts or all of it are on trampoline. Mm-hmm. We don't know. And at various points, at various points in the show, again, it's very vague. There will be men 
men. Doesn't say women, just there will be men. <laughs> There'll be men. There will be men. Don't worry. Horses. Well, we've seen a horse. Hoops. Just hoops. Hmm. Garters. There it is. Garters, but no women. Ah. That's interesting. It's for the imagination. Well, the men may be wearing the garters. Or the horses. Yes. Yeah. And if that wasn't enough, a hogshead of real fire. What? (laughs) Well, it's the old uh, imperial measurement system. Right. (laughs) How do you measure fire in the 19th century? By the hogshead. Sure. (laughs) A full hogshead of real fire. How many bushels of fire is that? Bushels of Fire was that 80s movie, right? <laughs> that was probably like cooking cooking directions, like simmer over a half a hogshead of fire. <laughs> of real fire. Of real fire. And it, confusing if you're cooking a hogshead, right. which I guess you could have done. <laughs> yeah. it's, been, it's been some days in preparation also. Yes. So they really didn't have a lot of time to slap this together. Well, it seems like they did a good job, though, overall. You, you from think? what I understand, it seems to me as like, advertised, if it, if it went off without a hitch. All of, all of this happens in, the, in, a, in like a burst of energy kite going this way, Henderson's that way. Then they come out and tell you it's going to be okay, and then a horse, and then done. Get out. <laughs> I wish That's were, the show. I wish there was someone who was like, what, 160 years old when the song came out. I was like, I was at that show. <laughs> Let me tell you the real story. And just cleared it all up for us. That horse was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> the horse danced the tango. It wasn't even a waltz. No. <laughs> he wasn't Henry. <laughs> Um, so what do you guys think of this song? What are your uh, feelings on it? Uh, I tend to agree with uh, John's, John Lennon's uh, kind of earlier assessment that it is fairly kind of by the numbers. It's like, yeah, you know, it's, he's just reading a poster basically to music right. and it's kind of, you know. You mean watercolor by numbers, right? Yes, is that what you mean? Exactly. Paint by numbers. Oh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> Sorry. I, I do, uh, you know, I don't skip it if it's on, but I don't. It doesn't thrill me, you know. There's not there's not that extra Beatle kind of interest to it. Um, if I'm in the right mood, I'll, sometimes I'm like, ugh, I just it's just a little too baroque. And but there are other times where if I'm like in the mood for a good, uh, mm-hmm. you know, textured, uh, you want to be whisked away to uh, yeah, to the, the glory days 19th, of eighteenth nineteenth century. <laughs> yeah, eighteen forty three. I give it, I give it three hogs head of hogs heads of real fire. <laughs> huh. Anyway, uh, Joe, what do I'll, you think? I'll go with that. It makes me think of George Burns, unfortunately. Mm. You don't like George Burns aside from Mr. Kind? I don't like thinking of him at the wrong times. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I like to know ahead of time if it's going to be time to you think of George Burns. You need a trigger warning if George yeah, Burns is going to show up. Trigger <laughs> if you ever want to feel <laughs> like you're 18 again. <laughs> oh. Oh. oh, God. <laughs> oh, hey, <laughs> you devil. You devil. <laughs> Pete, where's yours? I, uh, I'm trying to think about it. <laughs> Say goodnight, yeah, Pete. Good night. The Muppet movie? Wasn't he in the Muppet movie? Was he in the Muppet movie? I think so. I don't I can't remember. Where's Tony Thaxton movie? Was you know? in the Muppet. Pete, how many hogsheads of real fire do you give this song? I also give it three. Three? Adam? Oh, see, I went higher. I gave it a four, huh. but with the note that if you throw in the intro from Anthology 2, 4.5. I actually like the love version better. We've not really discussed the love version. Oh, at wow. This it's point. been a while yeah, since I've listened the to love it. Version. Well, I think the love one really goes with because they add, you know, it's the, the that's the project where they did a bunch of Beatles mashups and stuff. And mm-hmm. this song is a good one for it because it's already very, has a lot of weird music in the background. And so they can really put in a lot of a. Uh, Right, and I think sonically it just sounds a lot fuller than the original uh, than the original mm-hmm. version. So, uh, speaking of mashups, uh, my cover my cover pick this week is actually a mashup by a guy named Voice Dude, who huh. mashed up. He did a song called "Being for the Benefit of P Funk," ah. so it's a mashup of uh, 
this song and apparently a Parliament Funk song that I don't recognize, but hmm. you can find it on the internet if you're interested. I for my uh, backup cover, I had written uh, Eddie Izzard. <laughs> really, he did it in that uh, that that was that that Julie Tamar Beatles movie. Oh, oh, the across the universe, yes. across uh, the universe. Julie Tamar, um, it sounds right. Yeah, that's yeah. the movie we've discussed. I've never seen it, but I've never seen I've, it. I have, I have seen it, and I went into it thinking, oh well, this will be the better version of that mm. god awful Sergeant Pepper movie. <laughs> And I cannot say it was significantly better. No. I, I really can't. But it was free of George, 100% George yeah, Burns no free, George right? Burns. It was 98% George Burns. Oh, they snuck in a little Burns. Trace and someone with a cigar, Trace. like winking. Right. You yeah. know what this means. It was subliminal. It was there. I could tell. I could taste it. <laughs> but uh, Eddie Izzard does a good kind of, uh, you know, evoking that that kind of Carnival Barker, uh, right. you know, 19th century uh, right. English. Well, can I, can I nominate the worst cover? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's not George even Burns. George Burns. I was going to no. say worse than George yes. Burns. Yes. Is Tony. it Henry? Did he try no. to recover? Uh, it's Tony Randall. What did he really? do? Really? Tony Randall did this in an ABC TV primetime special from 1977 called The Beatles Forever. Wow. And it was a primetime variety special. It used to be very, very hard to find, but there I found one clip of it on YouTube. Huh. And it was mostly hosted by Tony Randall and featured uh, people like... Bernadette Peters Ooh. and uh, Diane Carroll, <laughs> we all <laughs> we know, know from yes. something else that we may have seen uh, around that time. And uh, I think Ray Charles was in that. And all of them doing really the most awful versions of Beatles songs, wow. mostly medleys, but Tony Randall handles this one and embellishes it with uh, some, uh, he fills in a bit of the character of Mr. Kite. Huh. Gives him a first name, which I think is Thelonious. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And doing his uh, Tony Randall sort of old-timey 1920s singing through a megaphone type thing right. that he used to do on The Tonight Show a lot. And if you can find the soundtrack, is very easy to find. It is the, it is the best worst Beatles-related thing you can ever, you'll ever hear. Oh, I'll have to... Uh, Interesting. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and uh, recently a clip of it went up on YouTube. Put up by Beatles Forever, mysterious donor who will not be yes. here. Yeah, it used to be there was like one copy of it in a vault, <laughs> and you'd have to know someone to get in to see it. It was like the day the clown cried. Uh, it was the day the clown cried of Beatles, but, but it, a did air, it did air on TV. It did air on TV on primetime TV, and it's all it's and it's all the more interesting knowing full well that Tony Randall hated any kind of contemporary music. He hated pop music, and. <laughs> You know, he hated rock of any kind, and but he did this hour-long show about how wow. wonderful the Beatles were, because so can... I'm sure they he was up for anything. All right. Well, uh, on that note, we'll be back on Wednesday. Uh, I wish I should be saying all this in Spanish because the song we'll be covering is "Besame Mucho." <laughs> uh, I can't even think of how to say Wednesday in Spanish. So we'll see you then. <laughs> Arrivederci. And I hope we I hope we pass the audition. <laughs> 